Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Mr. Terry Rock. Terry's in the lead at Platform Calgary. Gives us a behind-the-scenes view of what Platform Calgary is all about, from their original mandate in the early 80s to how that's evolved to meet the demands of our city today. Join me in welcoming Terry Rock. Terry, it's good, to, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to meet you. We've had a little pre-chat here before we've got into it. Um, let's take a moment and share with our audience. I'm sitting here with Terry Rock, who you are, your connection to Calgary, and then we'll kind of let things unfold from there. Yeah, well, uh, let's see. My, I wrote my epitaph once. Oh, uh, that's interesting. At a, at a thing. And so, do you have uh, it memorized? Uh, I do, I do. <laughs> so this, I'll introduce myself this way. Uh, so my gravestone will say, Below you lies Terry Rock, father, son, business doc, told the truth with every breath, ended up stoned to death. So, <laughs> so <laughs> That took who, a turn at the end. I didn't see I, it going there. <laughs> truth tellers get stoned to death. Um, oh. Yeah, no, so I've been in Calgary <laughs> since 1998, and I'm, I've got uh, three amazing kids who are migrating to Quebec, which maybe we can talk about. That migrating, uh, that's interesting, because yeah. in my generation, everybody migrated out of Quebec. Exactly. Oh, I'm definitely, okay, we're going to touch, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, so uh, so I got three three amazing kids. My wife is uh, uh, works in Alberta Health Services, and I can guarantee you that she has saved the Alberta taxpayer over $10 million over the past three three to five years. Excellent. Yeah. That's a good, and, that's a good lead. Start off with this. We're going to start off with money we've got in the, in the, in the can. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, you know, I've made a, I've been in Calgary since 1998. I uh, came here to be a professor at the uh, U of C Business School, now called the Haskane School of Business. Uh, I did my PhD in Texas Tech University in management and I focused on strategy, entrepreneurship and innovation. Oh, interesting. And I, uh, it took me about two and a bit years to figure out I was not cut out to be a professor. Okay. Uh, I needed to be a bit more downstream, less upstream. Uh, I loved working with students and, uh, and teaching and that kind of thing. And at a research university that isn't going to get you very far. So, uh, so I knew I needed to, uh, make some changes. Um, Grew up on a farm in Melfort, Saskatchewan, a great town that has produced a lot of really interesting people uh, who've done things across Canada, um, and went to school at U of S, did my undergrad in marketing. And one of my highlights of my life was being the president of ISEC Canada in 1991-92. It's an international student organization um, that really focuses on changing the world through international experiences, work experiences. Uh, and I, it's a student-led organization, still exists now, a huge alumni network, and, uh, and I got to represent Canada around the world and, and across the country many times, working with about 38 universities when I was 22 years old. What a great experience to expose yeah. yourself to, you know, it's amazing how like experiences can shape our reality. And I yeah. think what we're going to talk about today of, you know, transformation in Calgary, getting our head up and looking what's going on in the world. We're not the first ones who have gone through this. So I'm sure that yeah. that experience has stuck with you. Absolutely. And, you know, when I look back at my life, uh, almost every situation that I've, I'm in uh, right now, I can trace back to that time and the people, uh, a whole trail of people that, uh, that I've that have impacted me, uh, including introducing me to my wife and, uh, through that organization. And, um, and then just the lessons I learned when I was 22 years old, taking on leading a 3000, uh, person member based organization with a team of five people. Uh, my daughter's name is Juliana. That's because I worked with three women named Julie, Leanne, and Wanda, and we just mushed it all together. And so clearly, a huge, a, a huge, <laughs> clearly a huge pinnacle point in your life in yeah. terms of exposing you. And at twenty-two, that's a pretty, that's a ripe young age. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. So, so that was you know that sort of set me on a leadership journey, um, and then Calgary has just been, you know, an amazing place to. Uh, to have a vision for what a, a community can do. I really believe that the city is at a certain place in time um, and we can be a city in history that, that actually mattered over the long-term arc of the world. Um, and so I've managed uh, to find my way into leadership roles in the city. Uh, started Calgary Arts Development Authority 2003 to 2005 and was the president CEO until 2013. Okay. So you say, oh, that's a good run. It's yeah. Like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and now led by Patty Pond, an amazing, amazing local leader. Uh, dabbled in politics. I ran in the 2015 election with uh, oh, interesting. In okay, downtown Calgary. How was that experience? Uh, that was uh, very eye-opening. I'm sure, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, someone with a lot of opinions and, and sort of independent thought, uh, being on a team of 87 people trying to get a party elected and really not being able to say what's on your mind was challenging. I'm curious, when did you write the epitaph? Before or after that uh, experience? It was when I was in here, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I see it now. <laughs> That's why it didn't fit so much. Uh, so, no, you know, what I loved about, about running was uh, uh, meeting people every day. We knocked on 9,000 doors uh, in the... In so you were the, out there in the... Which I, so, Shook you know. hands for 50 plus hours on the street. And I loved that. And meeting, you know, going to uh, seniors' residence and sitting around having coffee and listening to the stories and hugging them on the way out and... And having the opportunity to be someone that is there to represent them uh, was that was what really I loved being having to toe the party line and really not being able to be out of line almost at any time right. was challenging for me. Uh, so that was what I learned there. You and I would both, I would, I would struggle. <laughs> it's, it's I would be unemployable in that environment. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's not, you know, unless you are the leader, then then maybe things are a little bit different. But even then... No, yeah, there's still, yeah, yeah. That, that maybe then, looks glamorous from the outside, totally. if, even, if even that. Yeah, and if you, you know, if you love standing uh, in line, shaking hands and making small talk with people all day long... That, that's the message role for you. You might be a politician. I'm just going to say boldly, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'll support them, and I'll. I think it's necessary, and I, I take my hat off to people that have the bandwidth. Yeah. So, from yourself, in terms of setting the stage for the, our conversation yeah. today about Calgary, you've been deep rooted in our culture. You've yeah. been out there. You've been shaking hands and, and kissing babies at, yeah. at a level. Um, and now you're with Platform. Yeah. Tell us that, like, I think every podcast we've done up to this point, Platform has been mentioned. So as I said before, we got on the air here. Yeah. Very excited to have the man who's the president and the CEO of Platform Calgary. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Platform, and then we'll, then we'll lean back into this elusive question around transformation. Sure. So Platform is a 38-year-old organization that started in 1981 in Calgary, but wasn't called Platform at the time. We think this is about V4 of what this, okay. this organization is. Started as the Calgary Research and Development Authority in 1981, and it was formed by people who really saw that we were a, a, a town that was really dependent on one industry, and that we had to be having our eye on what's next, That both for the purposes of that industry, so how can it be world-class and be setting, sort of pushing the frontier, but also how can the whole city be prepared for whatever's And just so I'm clear, that was in 1981. 1981. Okay. Uh, building was built in 88. Nothing, nothing is new. No. You know, like there's no new, new thought. Like exactly. You could take that verbatim and write it, have it written last year, and it would still be 100% true. <laughs> so that's a really good point. So we, you know, we're, it was then Calgary Technologies, Inc. Then it was with the University of Calgary in a joint venture called Innovate Calgary. Okay. Innovate Calgary still exists, but it's focused just on commercializing tech from the U of C. Okay, so that concept kind of peeled off to the side with a That's very right. specific mandate. It, and it's okay. a very, you know, it's a it's a different kind of culture. It's very IP heavy and yep. and and long term. Whereas we really needed an organization that was focused on the broad innovation ecosystem in our city and how it can be nimble. And it's a very much it's a fail fast and try things and really really focus on the entrepreneur as okay. opposed to so the very specific itself. very specific culture more broad versus versus niching down into specifically tech that's right and, okay, and that so makes we're sense. really focused I, I, and so we actually i call it sort of went spelunking in the depths of this 38 year old organization and said why did it even why was it created and why is it owned by the city of calgary get back to what's the why exactly what's the why? Mm-hmm. so it's owned by the city of calgary the chamber of commerce and the university of calgary in a sort okay. of trustee relationship. Those are the three entities, which is unique. Um, and it's a really important part of the DNA. That's an interesting mix. I didn't, yeah. I did. Yeah. Again, I didn't know any of the history exactly. any of the story. So that's really interesting. Uh, and it certainly and so we, sets the stage of what it has the potential to, to do. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we said, well, actually our mission is empowering people building the next economy. And so it really, we really need to focus on the people that are there at the center of this. Whether you are an entrepreneur, somebody who's invented something, or you're really adept with technology and applying technology, or you're a team of people that are doing that, maybe you are a policy maker and you need to help prepare your community for technology change. 
Maybe you are a corporate leader and you see yourself being disrupted and you know that you need to transform your whole in your, your company, but your industry is being transformed. That's all about people. And those people are actually in the act of building what's coming next. So I think it's really, you know, we, so when we got down to our basics, that's what it was about. It was about empowering people, building the next economy, putting those two concepts. How long have you been with platform? Since May of last year, so May of 2018, so just over a year. Okay, so still yeah. early days, but you're, but Very you're, but you're, days. and I'm assuming there would be a lot of, uh, you were probably aware and uh, aware and ha- like on, it was on your radar, like the world that you played in before. This, it, it wasn't a net new start. You, you, you kind of came in probably with a little yeah. bit of a foundation. Yeah, I left the University of Calgary and uh, after two and a half years and went into venture capital, uh, and so some of the same players are there. Oh, then, interesting. Okay, so you played a little bit in that space. Did and then I went into the civic space and created an organization that is in the same kind of position in the world as platform is. So between the government and the community and, and government has its own way of working and the community is really a whole bunch of entrepreneurial people. The arts community is like that. This community is like that. In okay. between, I was with the Alberta small brewers association and helped, uh, was helped. I mean, I was there when the industry went from 27 breweries to 110 breweries. In, in so Alberta. you know you would know Graham Sherman then. I know Graham very well. I, I have another podcast. I interviewed Graham on that, and we've become a little bit of friends. And okay, well, yeah, yeah. He he is a, he is like a role model. I like the, the, the probably one of the best storytellers I've yes, ever met. Yes. But what he's done in that industry and kind of out the story he's created with Toolshed is you know, give him a little plug. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, if Graham's listening, uh, you know all of that. None of that is true. I made him who he is. No. I'm just, oh, excellent. Okay. I'm just ah, kidding. No, I'm, just, all, I'm totally but, kidding. Behind uh, every good storyteller, somebody actually doing the work. We, we, Graham. <laughs> and I have a good cop, bad cop scenario Excellent. going on where, you know, he's, he really does. And I think this is important for transformation is somebody has to be out there pointing out what's disconnected. And then somebody has to do the work of stitching it back together. And, um, I appreciate, and so I, I appreciate find myself that. in a, in a position where I'm good at stitching things together, uh, in my careers had, had many, um, moves in it and, and the common, thread is being able to help a large group of people who are independent actors otherwise find a common purpose and get on the same page and sort of build a process that can then change um, that ecosystem to be one that is um, that is higher performing. And so from go from one step to the next. But you're right, a rally cry and, and a reason to bring people around, that's the first step. But then you have to actualize that. Yes. And that's exactly. often where, that's often where it can fail. Exactly. So somebody's, that's this whole truth teller thing, right? So in the, in my, I think my epitaph, epitaph, uh, is, um, is more of a wish that I, I do tell the truth, but, uh, I don't get to do it the way Graham does it with as loud and publicly as he does. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, so that was a lot of lessons there for those two things. And now we're, we're in really in the same position with platform where we're an organization that has had uh, 125,000 square foot, uh, facility up on the university research park since 1988. Uh, we expanded in 2000. Um, and there's 40 plus tech companies in there. There's some co-working space that, that uh, people use and, and it, it has a lot of interesting Calgary stories have their roots in that building somewhere, somehow. Okay. Um, and, uh, but the public doesn't know about it. Right, I, and, yeah, you and, took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm like, and so I put. Welcome, I've never heard any of these stories. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we, so uh, as I got into, you know, really, I, platform exists to serve the community, and it also s- exists to uh, foster an ecosystem. And fostering an ecosystem is a is a much bigger social change kind of culture change process. And one of the most important things is that the activity has to be visible to people. So when I was working on the arts, you know, in the summer, Calgary has a high density of festivals mm-hmm. and a lot of people participate in them and a lot of people support the arts and putting a billboard up that says support the arts. Is it making it visible? Finding ways to get more people to recognize um, that, that we have these festivals by having them have booths at the Calgary Stampede or perform at the Calgary Stampede. We did that in 2012. The Stampede put on a Calgary Festival stage and they showcased a different festival every day of the Stampede. Oh, that's put interesting. It right in front of people, right? Um, 
doing things on Stephen Avenue. But yeah, there's um, there's just putting a billboard up, and then there's experiential, which is really what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, to get we, people to kind of feel it, experience it, have an emotional response to it. We made a big effort to be cultural capital of Canada in 2012, and that was, you know, a bit of a challenge to Calgarians to say, okay, you get to tell your story to Canada. What do we have to contribute? Um, and I remember that message was out there and it felt a bit weird. I'm like, yeah. cause I grew up back East, grew up in Montreal yeah. where you've got this huge diversification and yeah. real mixed bag, which creates the culture unto itself. Yeah. And I'm like, Calgary, what's Calgary culture? Calgary stampede, cowboy. Yeah. Like I remember hearing it going, what is like, exactly. I had a hard time relating to it. Yeah. And so what we, it also, <laughs> we took a different approach. And so, you know, a really good friend of mine, Karen Ball was uh, now co- colleague and now close friend uh, was the executive director of, of that. And, whole thing for the whole year and her team came up with the tagline every calgarian has a story to tell and we didn't want to produce a year for people what we wanted to do was create the framework whereby people could drive their own story their own narrative mm-hmm. and i think that's a that's a bit of a calgary thing it really worked well um, but that's the, a little bit of the world we live in now where yeah. we have platforms to tell our own stories and yeah. to, and to, we all have our, yeah. uh, also the reason why I do this podcast, everyone has an interesting story. You just got to take the time to dig in a little bit, yeah. <laughs> ask yeah. a few questions and it'll, it'll come, it'll, it'll unfold. Yeah. So to pull us back to where we are today yeah, yeah, yeah. is, uh, is okay. So how do we make innovation visible? Because the fact is a lot of it happens in labs or it just it happens on a computer term, like a laptop Actually, um, with a small group of people hyper focused on, on that thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing is that we needed to make it more connected, uh, to our culture. So the opportunity came along and some leaders in the community, Brad Zumwalt, uh, being one of the key ones, but Ken Batista, who's uh, make space is a company out of Edmonton, mm-hmm. Jasmine Polarity, uh, people you've already talked about, um, uh, that you've talked to, sorry, Jim Gibson, mm-hmm. Evan Hugh with the Rainforest I got, Group. Yeah, I'm going to have Evan on in a couple weeks, actually. Steve, yeah, Steve I'm really Pills. looking forward to talking with him. Uh, they started the Rainforest Movement here. There's uh, Greg Hart. There's a few others that were involved in that. <clears throat> and one of the things that they said, we have to make this visible. Like, we have to have uh, a more central place, a hub for innovation in the city. And so one thing led to another. And, and at this point, uh, we are now... Uh, called Platform Calgary instead of Calgary Technologies, Inc. Okay. Because uh, we've, in December of this, of 2018, my about six and a half months after I started my job, we decided to take on the operation of the Platform Innovation Center, which is being built in East Village. Okay. As part of a uh, six-story parking structure. The first two stories are going to be an innovation center. And uh, the other four stories are actually being engineered so that we could expand up there as the world changes and maybe we That's need right. less What parking. did I hear? Someone quoted, maybe it was Jim or something about innovation happens within 30 feet of the street. Or he, yeah. he had some kind of a comment and I hadn't heard it before. Right. And, and it was in reference to platform, what you guys are doing. Yeah. And so it's, it's you're going to walk out of the new public library. You're going to look across the street and you're going to see this really interesting looking building. And you're going to be able to walk right into a cafe and in that cafe are going to be people working on stuff. So you're going to leave the library. You're going to be inspired. You've just read, like it's a beautiful, right. inspiring environment. And yeah. now you can kind of roll right in. So it's creating an ecosystem, yeah. even to its a little micro ecosystem unto itself. Right. And the core function of the I building at the base level of, we have a pyramid about what the building's about. At the base is community building. Uh, Hence why it's at the street level. You bet. And uh, why it's in East Village. We think it's, I think East Village, uh, and the whole vision that CMLC, Calgary Municipal Land Corporation, has built out around that place uh, is about is setting a tone for what this city can be and what the future is going to be and sort of what a youthful, urban, dense kind well, of Well, and talk about an so. environment that 10 years ago people were, what's going to happen there? Is you it going to work? Yeah. It's like when you talk about transformation, the East Village is probably one of the leading from a real estate or geography perspective that like yeah. – that's that, that's changed and no one believes it was going to happen <laughs> yeah and you can see it's just it's one of those uh, uh, proof points that this city actually has what it takes to make it happen so I so being there I think is just is a really important part of this story when you're going to the Flames game when the Stampede Parade is on you know the Innovation Center is going to be front and center right there um, and uh, and it's 50,000 square feet, so it's smaller than the space we have right now. Okay. Uh, we're looking at different models, whether we just add on or whether we shift things around. We don't know yet. 
um, because there is a good use for something up by the university. There's a lot but, of but good difference you can make there. Like, different I, yeah, just sitting here listening, I'd rather take a little bit of a smaller footprint in the heart of where like, where I want right. it to quote unquote happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here's, I mean, you know, the we're we're doing some design work and things like that right now, and and I my mantra is the most attractive thing about that building is going to be the people that you meet there. So now you have to figure or else out it's just a building. It's just there. a building. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, it doesn't matter what, you know, the furniture looks like or the, you know, the actual design. If, if the people that are on the frontier of change in our city don't find that as their home, that it serves them, then, uh, then we're missing the boat. So that's job one is to make it attractive to people. And those people uh, like they don't have set hours of work. They no, don't No, it's a 24. Yeah. It's when it happens, it happens. Yeah. They don't want big security processes to get in. They want flexible fluid meetings and, uh, you know, great coffee and the ability to have a, everything's got to be representative and, of the world they're living in. Yeah. Fluid, quick, learn on the go. Yeah. Like, Hey, what I thought I knew today is wrong tomorrow, but that's okay. Cause I'll learn something new two days from now that I, that I haven't even thought exactly. of. Exactly. You need to be inspired. You need, you know, we, uh, you know, it should be, we, we use a term, um, in the founder's corner is sort of one of the core parts of, of our, uh, reason for being is that we, there needs to be an organization here that isn't out for investors, but it's actually there for the founders and the founders only. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with investors, but. No, no, the, it's different. I hear what you're saying. A, yeah. So saying. somebody's there that's in the founder's corner. And if we want more founders, we need to celebrate them. Yeah. And so do that, is this their, the home, uh, and you know, the people that are, that are on the scary journey of being an entrepreneur and innovator, um, that they feel like, okay, this is a place. In fact, our, we have got five guiding principles and one of them is love founders. It's not just support them, but like go way beyond. You went with the big, so you went the L word. You yeah, said it, we you said the L word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Andrew. So that yeah. certainly gives me a lot more context for something that's been, and I've had, uh, here I'll ask the million dollar. What I've heard is the big question. When, when can we expect this facility to be open? <laughs> Uh, so the, the plan is, and, and, you know, the, there's a bunch of moving pieces, but, uh, the building is out of the ground. It's happening. It's on track. It's on schedule. It's under budget. It's all those good things. It will be open in Q1 of 2021. Okay. Uh, right. Will it be fully formed and everything that we want in there? Maybe not. Like there's probably like a startup. Gonna you're going to you're going to iterate. <laughs> we are iterating. We're going to have a minimal daily. viable uh, product slash yeah. experience, and we're going to grow from there. Yeah. And so we we have three. There's really three components of our of our business model of wh- why we exist. That's the first one I just talked about is placemaking. And so it's really about creating places where innovation happens, mm-hmm. uh, where those collisions happen. Uh, that are that the the space itself is value add to the innovation process. So that's placemaking. Um, the second component of it is acceleration, and we um, we want those places to be. We want to curate in great programs that accelerate entrepreneurs. We don't need to deliver them all ourselves. We do deliver programming uh, in a targeted space that is where the market doesn't want to work, which is pre-commercial. Okay. Uh, yeah, we are still in the de-risking phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we are really in that, in that kind of process. And, uh, we use a startup commons model, which is a kind of standardized way of looking at the evolution of a startup. Okay. And, uh, and startup Calgary takes, uh, in the community serves the role of what we would consider to be pre-commitment up to commitment. So you're working it out. You're, you're, um, you know, you, you, you maybe have an idea and you want to flesh it out more, but you're not really t- ready to quit the day job and jump into yeah, it. But you need to get this, you need to collide your idea with some other people. Right. So startup weekends. Uh, Is it viable? And what am I, what are my blind spots? Yeah. yeah we yeah. all, we all get tunnel vision at, exactly. at times. So at they times. help with canvases and things like that. And, and then okay. once you're committed, that's where our services come in and you can get space, you can, um, and then get deep training. And so acceleration to us, um, really is, so two components to acceleration. One is that you are able to change your mind. So you get some education, some skills, and you get this, the, the mindset and the abilities to be an entrepreneur. And that's an important part of acceleration. You learn something. Second part is really about connections. It's connections to customers, to investors, to advisors that have been there before um, and will be there for you, uh, to your colleagues and to talent. Uh, and so the, the, if you look kind of around the world at what acceleration means, it's, you know, a lot of them is just, you know, you're an ag tech 
startup and here's 20 people in the egg tech space that can cut through the chick cut through all the yep. stuff and get you uh, to a channel that's going to make a difference for you or an investor who understands your space is going to put it, put you uh, going to invest in you or give you good advice. So that's acceleration. We have a, a, um, a few programs there. One of them uh, that's been really successful that we've been iterating is called junction uh, founders and foundations. And so it really does that uh, process of empowering people uh, we take first-time founders that have a minimum viable product and that are ready to commit the time to work on their business for uh, just over two months. Every day, for three hours, they're in our space working with our advisors and subject matter experts So it's, it's, it's more of a curriculum, like this is laid out, yeah. and it's designed to produce an outplan. Yeah. One way or the other, it's a go-no-go at yeah. the end. And okay. then they're surrounded by advisors as well. And then at the, it was not even go-no-go. So go. The founder's part is give you a founder mindset. Are you okay, prepared okay, okay. To actually as a start thinking that way? Yeah. Oh, okay, I understand. I understand. The other thing is we build a data room for the company. So our aspiration in this program was to prepare companies for the next stage, which is where they might go into a seed stage accelerator. Someone's going to invest in them. Uh, and they have to have a full 360 on their business ready to go. Um, so and get you guys all the provide some support to the back end. The, those logistical things that can really trip you up when all of a sudden you've got an opportunity. Yeah. Oh, we, okay, that's interesting. We actually hold their hands through that process, so they they actually get it built and they have the asset, uh, and then and then from that they will hopefully go on to uh, other seed stage accelerators, or other programs, um, or just get investment or customers or you know. Those kind of good things. I appreciate this. This is huge yeah. trans, like, transparency for me of what it is. And I think yeah. for anybody listening, getting, you know, I'm getting excited hearing yeah. about it. And you guys have clearly thought this through at a huge level. Yes. Yeah. Um, to take it up a notch or maybe yeah. go a little outside, you know, the world you guys are creating. Let's look at the world that we live in. Uh, Calgary, what's working? What's not? What do you, what do you see out there when, you know, cause obviously you're creating something to help facilitate this change of the goal back from 1981 hasn't changed. Yeah, it has not So changed. what do you see? What are we, what are we, it's been three to five years in this downturn. What's working? What's not in Calgary right now from your perspective? Well, I think, you know, I think there's one of the things that I experience is every day I'm talking to entrepreneurs that have great ideas and the capacity to build enormous businesses and scale scale businesses. I have a hard time uh, pu- putting Calgary in a place as a city that that is down. Um, through oh, okay. the downturn, through that downturn, we still had the highest GDP per capita. I know people have been dislocated and all of that. Um, so I, I still believe that Calgary, from, I'm just going to go from an asset perspective. Okay. Huge wealth has been accumulated here. And it's, is it parked? I don't know. I mean, the, the, I think the narrative is that there's wealth that wants to go to work in Calgary to build the next version of the city or take the city to the next level. Very excited about that. Like other cities that have been through challenges and dislocations with industries didn't have that. We are one of the most diverse cities in the world. Uh, sorry, in Canada. Sorry, not in the world. But Canada that is That was diverse. a broad... I was, I was going to jump all over you on that. I was like, tell me more. Yeah. No, we're... we're one of, By so, diverse, how do you mean? Define diverse in this context. So diversity, uh, ethnocultural diversity, age diversity, um, any kind of measure of diversity, although it might not be your daily experience when you look at the stats, it's Toronto first, then Vancouver, then Calgary. That's interesting. I would have struggled to put Calgary third on that list. That's powerful to hear that. That's yeah. really interesting. So when you look at cities around the world that have made a difference in history, one of my favorite books is called uh, Cities and Civilization by Sir Peter Hall. And he, you can kind of document the characteristics of cities that have made an impact. And they do, they have this wealth accumulation. They have diversity. They have wealth coming from places it wasn't traditionally, it didn't traditionally come from. So young people that have means that can bring a new perspective. So it's not guarded uh, old, o- old, old money, but new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which you're right. That's a formula right there. Cause if I've got all the great ideas, but no one to fund it, if I've got the funding and nowhere to put it into play, nothing yeah. happens. No, no yeah. change. Um, I think there's an, I do believe there's an entrepreneurial spirit here that is other places, uh, would really, you know, would love to have. I think that we, another stat is that we're one of the most highly educated cities in Canada. So, we actually have smart, wealthy, diverse people here. 
When you look at cities so, around... So far, the, the, the baking of the cake here, we've got the right ingredients. Exactly. And then I think that the, um, uh, the, what, there are a couple of things we don't have that other cities have, have had that I've observed. Um, the biggest one is probably uh, that we don't have a kind of public square as much as other cities have had where the collisions happen. Okay. And uh, so that's something that I think that's why the Platform Innovation Center is important. That's why investing in arts and culture is important. Uh, because it actually creates those kind of collisions. So that's something that we have to work on as a city mm-hmm. and, and invest in that kind of collision creating infrastructure. And I think that's interesting because I think I would agree with you that that yeah. happens at a social level right yes. up through a business level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Calgarians don't tend to culminate. Like I was just, I was just over in Europe and it's a warm night and everybody's in the park and there's yes. kids and running around and people having wine. It's just a very, very different it experience. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to get that on, on the riverfront, uh, like uh, the pathways and all that. Like it, it's quite astounding sometimes to be out and trying to ride my bike. And through Eau Claire on a, on a warm yeah. night? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No chance. You get this yeah. basket off and walk. Ringing, ringing your bell the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, so I think, so from an asset perspective, I really believe that there's just an amazing story waiting for us to act. That's interesting. I appreciate um, that perspective. Uh, some things that I think are really uh, going on, the University of Calgary, Mount Royal, uh, Bow Valley College, and other universities have figured out how important entrepreneurship is and they put in place initiatives that are going to create a, a next generation of entrepreneurs that think and act differently than yeah. they did before. And yes, we, we have data that benchmarks Calgary to other cities around the world now that we just participated in. Um, okay. Interesting. It's called startup genome. Calgary was ranked for the first time in the startup genome, global startup ecosystem report. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and See, again, so reports that can, the average person doesn't bang, no, you don't bump into this. No, you don't. And, and the you, news so don't pick I, it up. It's I, not on at six. That's the news. No, know? and I, I really, I recommend people go to startupgenome.com and read the okay. report on Calgary. I'm going to make, after the podcast, I always make a list of here's all the places yeah. you should go. So yeah. Startup Genome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so through that, we're, there's a, an overall ranking and in information about Calgary. We're working on getting out uh, a deeper dive that they've done and we, it's just not ready for public consumption there. But one of the things we know is that for a city that has as many students as we do in post-secondary institutions, that we're way underperforming in terms of the number of new businesses that have been created. Oh, that's an interesting correlation because we have this KPI, which should be leading to this, but it's not. Correct. So there's some, there's a disconnected mindset. Yeah. Or belief. Right. And so, you know, I just think that it's the job taker versus job maker kind of thing. Yep. How do we become a city that right now has really great high paying jobs still, um, and one that actually creates jobs. And that's a shift in mindset that, that has to happen. And more people need to come into the workforce in Calgary knowing that it's a place where you should be trying to create a create a business and that there's an ecosystem there that supports you. It's interesting. Moving here from back east, I, you know, I came from yeah. Montreal and growing up there, coming here, that's what that's why I stayed. Yes. Because I, I came here to be a commercial pilot. Didn't It fell through, 9-11 yeah. happened. And all of a sudden, I just saw this entrepreneurial pay, like pathway that was yeah. kind of like, I'm successful and you can be, there was more, there was less of a scarcity mindset. There was more of an abundance mindset. And to be an entrepreneur here felt significantly for me easier than it would have been to do it back, back home, quote unquote. That was my experience in 2000, kind of similar when you shifted out of academia. Yeah. And I, I, and I, you know, maybe this is true, maybe not. Um, I think having studied entrepreneurship in depth as an academic, a lot of times it is the outsider that sees the opportunity. And that's, so as a city that has a lot of outsiders, um, we, we have, a, I think there's some of that. Sitting going here on. with two non-natives. Like, yes, exactly. It's rare that I get a Calgarian on, yeah. my, on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even though I am a Calgarian, I go back home now and I feel like a tourist. I am very happy yeah. to call myself Calgarian. <laughs> I'm the same way. Very proud actually. Yeah. So I think, so that's, to me, that's really an interesting thing. Part of our story is that we've got all these people that just like, see this as a land of opportunity and there's like, uh, not only is there no barrier, but uh, the the community will give you a shot. Like yeah, people will give you a chance. I yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, and they'll encourage you. Uh, th- that's a you know we did a lot of work in trying to understand the art sector here, and uh, it's clearly one of the more entrepreneurial art sectors in Canada. Um, You're just dropping one positive statistic after yeah. another, which is great. Because yeah. again, people I don't think are aware of this. Yeah. You know, you know, three people that have lost their job in the last yeah. year. That's all you see. That's yeah. all you hear, which is very real for those people. I don't want to yeah. downplay that at all. Yeah. So we need to, like our, the numbers that we're thinking about is that on, on the tech startup world, uh, we are about at 20% of what we should be. We need to 5X. Okay. 
So right now there's based on different numbers in the, in the sort of digital startup space, highly scalable businesses, um, where there's about 200 to 225 in Calgary. Okay. Uh, Edmonton has like, and that's only 20% of what we could be. If we were a thousand, uh, well to put it into context, uh, Waterloo, Kitchener Waterloo has 1300. Yes. So they're a smaller city than smaller area than we are. And they're more than five times what we are. I've done some reading about Waterloo. That's an interesting history and kind of the yeah. evolution. Like, like they were the right. top industrial city in Canada yeah. in the fifties and then literally fell on the, fell off the cliff in the sixties and how they came out of that yeah. and education, the educational institutions played a huge part in that exactly. transformation. So if you kind of go and just sort of map it, like it, it does bear out that we should be five times more. If we were five times more, nothing but opportunity. <laughs> yeah. We would be one of the top 30 ecosystems in the world. Where did we land on the, uh, on the genome startup? You never, you never gave us a number. Right. Well, so there's the, they only rank in the top 50, I think something like that. Okay. And so, but they give us uh, what they give you an ecosystem maturity level. Uh, and so we're activation, which is the first level. Okay. And early we're, we're in the game. We're in the game. We're in the game. The next phase is, is global is globalization. Uh, and the difference between activation and globalization is that your city becomes an attractor to people, money, and businesses, as opposed to one that leaks people, money, and businesses. And unfortunately, right now, we are yeah. leaking. We're right on the edge. Yeah. Because that net new migration of people, money, ideas, those people yeah. that come in, I, I like what you said, like myself as an outsider, I came in here not as a Calgarian. I went, oh my God, there's so much opportunity yeah. here. It's mind-blowing. Yes. But I saw it because I'd come from another, my world was right. different. I had a different set of glasses on. Right. And so if you talk to investors here, if you talk to people that are, you know, really want to like make a dent in the world, um, some are, you know, they're choosing to be in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Um, and... Well, your three, your three children, maybe circle back, that are all moving yeah. to Quebec, which blows my mind. It's not just the three. It's So two have made the decision. The third is on the cusp. Um, it's not just them. It's their friend group. Say 15 kids I know that are 18 to 22 are, my, are going to Montreal. To wow. Montreal specifically. Yeah. And is that because of the AI and the tech that's like movement that's happening there? It's a broader, it not, not to make assumptions. A, yeah. It's a broader uh, city culture decision. Okay. Uh, where they want to be part of a world city that is creating culture and there's a scene that they can dig into. I know Calgary has those things. I was part of uh, supporting and developing it. Um, but Montreal, but at, it spills over the edges. At the street level. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little cheaper to live in. Um, uh, and, and you're 18 to 22. You, you want that fire. You want, I lived I, there I, when I, I was 22. Yes, and I grew up there. Best time of my yeah, life. It's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, amazing. Uh, until you start paying taxes and then it's like, uh. Well, then you still have to, <laughs> until you have to start interacting with the Quebec government. But anyways, yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> we definitely have. That's have, a whole other thing. There is a real Alberta advantage in, in a number of there are hundred. Uh, yes, there are, I have uh, a lot of friends doing business in Ontario. We have an office in Ontario, yeah. but friends that are doing business in the cannabis space in Ontario versus in Alberta. I was chatting with them yesterday and they were just like, oh my God, like I have never, like the red tape. Like I didn't yeah. appreciate how, how open Alberta was to yeah. innovation until I tried to do business in another, in another market. It yeah. was good to hear their perspective. These were Albertans like, yeah. through and through and they just didn't have, and they're like, what is going on yeah. here? But compare it like, so on the tech AI side, you know, Montreal and Toronto are creating, uh, have actually lower ranked research institutions than Alberta does. So the U of A okay. is in the top three globally on Alberta, uh, on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute at U of A. It's a, it's a separate organization based there. has attracted Google DeepMind. It's attracted Borealis Institute. Mm-hmm. And, and others are coming to be there near the talent that's there. Um, but the level of startup creation out of like a 15-year investment in AI that Alberta's made is not even on the radar compared to Toronto, Montreal, which are in the thousands of startups being created out of their AI ecosystem. And we're in the dozens. Starting and technically starting from a different place in terms of what, 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 yeah. what what's that? Like, how, like what yeah. is, what's going on there? Cause that's real. That's very real. Those are yeah. real numbers and that has real impact. Yeah. If so we were there, we would arguably wouldn't have this problem. We'd be talking very differently right now. We would. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a very intertangled kind of scenario, but part of it has to do with, um, that there is a an established startup ecosystem that just knows how to spin out businesses and people that have been through cycles. Yep. And, and so forming and reforming teams, 
attracting capital at an early stage is part of the game. And the post-secondaries are tied right in. Yeah, there's arguably it, a better, a more instilled culture and way of working there that right. it's easier to jump in. Right. Okay. So we, so we just have work to do on, on that. Um, I see where the platform model really layers into solving that problem. Yes. yes. Okay. So that if, makes a lot if of we sense. have a, if our main bottom line is how healthy is our ecosystem, not how good are we doing. Yes. <laughs> but how good is everybody doing? Yes. Uh, then, well, yeah, you're measured against the success of the world around you. Yeah, I mean, we and uh, well, that's a whole separate story. But it's very challenging to to lead an organization that doesn't control the levers of its of the full success of, of what it is. Like it's everything is secondary. Yeah, I understand. Us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I say it this way: you're you're uh, you're influencing everything. You're yeah. not actually directly right. pulling the levers. Yeah. So we've set a goal that we think Calgary should get to a thousand high quality startups over the next 10 years from 200 to a thousand. Okay. So we can only do so much of that. Like our junction program, I think at its max could do a hundred companies a year. Those aren't all going to get where we need them down. The right. There's road. always, yeah, you started with this. That's the top of the yeah. funnel to the bottom for yeah. sure. Yeah. If we, to do it to, to be like a thousand companies means, uh, 10,000 starts, which means 150,000 people sitting, uh, attempts to start ideas. People sitting like down it. with ideas. Yeah. So it's, wow, a those are real numbers. When you break start it talking down about on a way. week by week basis, like there's a hundred conversations a week that need to go on and we need to stimulate that. So do we even, do we have the popul? do we have the population density to even support those kind of numbers? Right. So now Back you get to net in, migration, you go yeah. into like, how does it work? Right. Like yeah. how do you actually make it? Yeah. I'm starting happen? to see the funnel in my mind and try to work. Every time you go up one level, it gets, it gets yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, if we get to a thousand and over 10 years and sort of business maturity kind of things, we could have one or two unicorns. We could have $10 billion of GDP impact, 50,000 new jobs. It's that level. That's kind of the scale we're trying to get to and trying okay. to build a strategy around. Um, so what's it going to take? So there's, yeah. So now we don't control how many students come out of the university of Calgary or MRU or Bow Valley college that start these businesses. Um, we don't control, although we facilitate entrepreneurs coming from around the world to set up in Calgary. We we have a startup visa program that that has started eleven brought eleven companies here in the past year. Um, we, but these are all kind of secondary things. But here's the important thing for someone like me: if we are not tracking towards that, if we are not moving there, we have to be the ones that make the first change. We have to be an organization that says, okay, we're not going to go and blame other people. We're going to change things. Um, and so that's the kind of culture we're trying to create as an organization that, yeah, we don't control all these numbers, but we're going to be the ones that that take the um, the responsibility to make the first move to make a difference. Um, that's a heavy, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that, but that's not light. Like you don't, you don't, you can't say that lightly. No, well, it's... And you, and you don't. Like, it's got some weight to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this is... Uh, it, it's... Um, when I go back to the fact that, you know, we started in 1981, that the city of Calgary and the citizens of Calgary and Alberta uh, provide some funding to get us going. About 40% of our operating dollars come from uh, uh, contributions from the various orders of government. Uh, the citizens are our boss. Right, and, yeah. And so... Uh, you know, they don't want us to ask other people to do it. They want us to take responsibility. They want an organization that, that thinks at that level. Well, and I think that's so important, whether it's in an organization, whether it's, you know, in a political sense, leadership is people need someone to look to and go, oh, okay, you're doing this. Like, yeah. who's in the lead? And a lot of the conversation I've had, the question was, you know, like, who is owning this? Who should own it? From what I've heard you guys say today, you're really putting your, your hat in the ring for that role of like, we're here to take as much ownership, knowing that it's going to be a group to come together. Yeah. You know, I, I we have a formal position that we're given by the fact of our the, the city council just by the fact of your existence owners, yeah uh, and and those kind of things but that doesn't give you leadership that doesn't make it. yes i agree <laughs> so we have to earn it yes we have i to agree trust. leadership uh, the elusive and, thing. and so i just you know i know it's it's really easy for me to say these things and what people need to see is that every day when our team shows up uh they are living up to the fact that we're putting founders first, that, that we are look, we are taking care of the whole ecosystem 
And whether no matter who you are, if you're making a contribution, we want to help you succeed. Um, and that's about consistent execution every day, living up to that promise. And then people will trust us over time. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we're making a lot of change. Like I, we're rebranded and moving uh, assets around our teams shifting substantially over the past setting year yourself well. up for this future. Yeah. yeah. So it obviously time is of the essence always. Yeah. And 2021 is a little bit down the road. It's, yeah. it's, it's tomorrow, but it's also a ways off. Yeah. What do I do as an entrepreneur? I'm listening to this podcast. Mm. I'm excited about it. I really want to go like, I want to go hang out in this environment. Yes. So if I can't right now, where do I do? Where do I go? What are some of the resources I can tap into? So we have, uh, we have actually, so one of the changes we made is we moved downtown into we have the uh, space called we're calling platform beta it's in oh, the okay. block which is right it's about a half block from where we are in behind the new library it's a old heritage building oh right on okay about, so people can come in now and yeah we do what, what's coffee. the environment is there a coffee shop there's and- well there's coffee shops around but we have coffee hours and it's an open like uh, it's a very open environment people can come drop in and visit okay and are uh, you are you getting traffic are, are people do people yeah, know we're about getting it? some people you know it's it's not it's definitely beta. There's a lot that yeah, we need no, to work on. Yeah, no, that's good to have that and, word and out there. We're, we're changing a lot as well. Uh, but uh, we we do have regular events and, and programs there. Uh, I think, you know, if you're in the idea phase, Startup Calgary is your resource. Okay. For sure. They have amazing programs. They're regularly offered. They're affordable, um, easily accessible. If um, And so that's there. If you are a committed entrepreneur and you have a team and you're first time and you don't have the network and you just, what, what's the next thing I do, but you actually have the tiger by the tail, um, that's where uh, you can just send us, go to our web, platformcalgary.com, and we have an intake form front and center. And we'll either, if it's appropriate, we can direct you to our junction program. Uh, we also have, uh, we work with 321 Growth Academy for. Uh, specific training on sales, marketing, HR. Uh, that's all there. It's also very affordable. Um, and we have other programs. If you're in specific areas, we have a long, well, three year now going into four with TELUS. We'll be hopefully launching that in the fall uh, where more mature startups are able to work with us. Uh, it's a It's a process to get in. Uh, but about nine or 10 companies a year are in a six month program that allows them to work directly with TELUS to try to sell into TELUS or through TELUS. Okay. So you cut it, you cut right through all of that huge barrier to even get that meeting. Yeah. It's called the TELUS technology accelerator. They get a tech mentor inside TELUS and we work with them as on business mentorship. Uh, and that program's out there and open. Then we have an earlier stage one for IOT based companies, um, that can, uh, that, so if you have a some kind of sensor-based business, that also sort of helps you learn how to work in the TELUS ecosystem. We're trying to build more of those, uh, either sort of horizontal based on a technology layer or vertical um, based on uh, a sector that's important to the Calgary economy. Okay. So those are coming. Some of those things are To me, it's so important built. to hear organizations like TELUS who have got the means yeah. that can really benefit and can take things to scale really quickly. Like yes. The right idea can accelerate rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to see and a huge and an upside for them too. Like yeah. let's be honest, there's a business upside Absolutely. in there for everybody. Yeah, and we also see uh, another area that we work on because I think there's different audiences. So one is that like okay, like I I think I'm ready to make a move into that. That's startup Calgary. I'm ready to make a move. I'm committed. That's work that we're doing. We are also working uh we think it's really important that that corporate Calgary, you, we sort of where's Calgary right now and the opportunity for transformation. Mm-hmm. Very clearly Corporate Calgary has to figure out digital transformation and it is a top agenda item and innovation in general. It has to have a posture towards innovation that's a bit more open than I would say it has been in the past. And so we're doing a lot of work and there's a lot of interest and there's some real leadership in Corporate Calgary on, okay, how do we engage the ecosystem? How do we be an industry that purposefully creates opportunities for pilots so that our local startups can have their first sale or at least the proving points of their tech in their backyard. Unfortunately, we, you know, I hear almost on a weekly basis that someone 
is selling in Europe or in the States before they can get a sale here, even though on other episodes right that's there. come out of like that, that Calgary is something that maybe is not a new idea in another market still considered to be too high risk in this right. market. So there's still a gap there from what there I've is heard, a gap talking now, to people. Yeah. Here's the good news. Every city of our size has the same problem. They like, so I go to international networks and talk to people that are in same roles and it's one of the topics that people like me talk about okay. inter- around the world. Here's the other bit of good news. There are places that have figured it out. So Frankfurt's a really good example of, uh, it's a worldwide banking center. Banking's highly regulated, large institutions that move slow. An Arguably organiz- a very tough industry to innovate in. You bet. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause of all of those things, uh, ha- is being disrupted. And so, uh, an organization called Tech Cartier in Frankfurt, very similar concept to what we're building here, has tripled the number of startups that are working in fintech in Frankfurt in like three years. Oh wow! So real, yeah. real change, real yeah. numbers. They're doing they're doing uh, fintech uh, relationships or, or you know uh, collaborations with so major institutions are collaborating with fintechs through this organization at a rate of like two a day, like it's hundreds that are happening. So imagine the space that's creating that and what's happening in that space. We're trying to, we're trying to replicate there. So and two, how it shifts the mindset at the corporate level, yeah. because all of a sudden, if you're not involved, you feel like you're actually being left out. Totally. FOMO, which I, which yeah, yeah. is a very real thing <laughs> yeah. at no matter what level you're exactly. at. Exactly. So we, we hope that, you know, we're, um, we definitely want to, <laughs> we want to create some of we that. Want, we want, you know, we're looking, we're actually looking for first movers who, who can, can say, you know, part of our corporate brand is innovation or it needs to be. And we're willing to locate some of our team in the platform innovation center. We're creating homes for corporate Calgary to be. I think, and I've had a lot of conversations, one with uh, Alex Pudisi from uh, Work Nicer, chatted yep. with him, and he talked about some of what, it just surprised me to how many large corporate uh, clients have space in their office to allow people to get out of, yes. you know, you can't create something new in, in, the, in the environment that created what you have. You've right. got to get out. I think that's hugely powerful. It really yep. hit me of like, you know, when you hear something, you're like, oh, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how do we create a community of these leaders in corporate Calgary that understand innovation that can deliver it into their organization and they have peers. Like, I just think there's people out there that feel alone when you're trying to make this kind of change. And, and so we want to create a community. Well, and then you're kind of, let's be blunt, you, you know, you gotta be careful because you're putting your neck on the line Yeah. <laughs> when you bring that in oh, and you've oh, got yeah. shareholders you're accountable yeah, to. Yeah. Like I really appreciate. So the, the de-risking, you know, talking yeah. with Eric Allen from Tundra and yeah. their accelerator program and yeah. like, how do you de-risk it enough so that corporate decision maker can put his neck a little bit less on the yeah. line while still knowing to get big change, you've got to take a bit of risk. Yeah. It's a interesting balance. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, I think if we're successful, um, that sort of Calgary's brand will start to be, oh, well, there is actually a city of people that have figured this out that have rapidly transitioned an industry that looked like it was stuck, but it's now on the cutting edge. And, and when, when we're thinking about technology, it's kind of two kind of key things. One is it can open new markets for you. And I think that in the oil and gas space, I'm not sure we're doing so much of that anymore. I don't know if we're putting big investments in infrastructure to pull stuff out of the ground anymore. Yeah, statistically, so, right now, you would see, you would probably say we're not as much right. as we certainly have in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing then? Where there's where we might be uh, creating new value by taking you know new kinds of products out of the raw materials, but I think mostly it's about capturing value from the processes. Yeah, efficiency so, through the process. Yeah. So we're so we're transforming that way. Um, so I think that, you know, being a city that just rapidly transitioned and just managed to, to not only get the most out of the industry that we have, but built from it into something else. One of the, you know, I, you talk, I, I'm, I'll keep on my optimism stand. Please. Standpoint. No, I appreciate that. There's a global um, ranking of city connectedness. So they, they create an index of how um, linked cities are to other cities around the world. Okay, so Connective is not inside their own ecosystem, but how how many legs do they have? How many like you know yeah. arms do they have going out into the world? Okay, yeah, and uh, so it's a ranking of alpha, alpha plus, alpha minus, alpha alpha. It's alpha beta gamma, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> we can the, geek out on that later, but exactly. yeah, I appreciate that. The net of that is that Calgary is a highly globally connected city. I think it ranks beta 
And the beta space puts it in, say, the top 40 in the world-ish. So who, who would else, just to give some context, who else would be in that group? Gonna, any, any come to mind? Just, we're slightly below Vancouver. Okay. Um, I think we're in about the same area as Montreal, for example. Oh, interesting. Toronto's, okay. Toronto's, I think, two, two rungs up higher. Um, I think Denver might be a little bit higher than us. That kind of, that's kind of... Okay, but so we're in good company. Basically. We're in good yeah. company. We're well above Edmonton, for example. Not that it's about that, but there's... I like a, how you slipped that <laughs> Well, but it's, it goes to the uniqueness of the city. So why is that? Well, it goes... You know, we have global headquarters. So we have a lot of people here that are from elsewhere in the world. We have a great international network. We have global financial institutions of financial connectedness. So what a great asset to build from. We've actually built a high-performing ecosystem. It's entrepreneurial. It's world-class. It's the oil and gas ecosystem. And and deals get done in a a handshake. It's it's a really important um, feature of the Calgary economy. We can leverage from that. And I think that's a really, you know, another Those reason. Those are incredibly powerful starting places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not starting. It's refining and adapting it to a diff, just a different model. Jim talked about, Jim Gibson talked a lot about that at the end of the day, it's still rooted in the mindset of the people yes. that are here. Because yeah. arguably everything you've said today, we have the tools. If I, I mean, open the toolbox, it's all in there. The mindset of like how I'm going to engage these tools, I think is really, uh, feels like the, 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 the biggest opportunity and also the most elusive sometimes. Yes. It's hard to pin that one down. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, um, I think it's, the other challenge with that is that it's not something that happens at a mass level, I don't think. Okay. I think it really is uh, like a dozen people at a time, 20 right. at a time. It's slowly and then all of a sudden, the yeah, classic. I really do think. And so uh, do we look around the city and see the Evolve Use, uh, which mm-hmm. is, uh, maybe Jim talked about that, but retraining people to not just code, but be developers and have a, an approach to solving problems and then they're also coders and they've come from they're underemployed and they're coming into this situation underemployed and highly skilled yeah they just need to redirect you know and back to what right. you know Ray DePaul said resourcefulness and adaptability those are the criteria for future success in yeah. any industry in anywhere in the world yeah mm. yeah at a, it, at a pace that's never been before yeah mm. and if you it doesn't take long in this city to find people who are doing that uh, can we surface it can we you know, make that more of the conversation I think so. I don't see it as a problem to to get there. It's just going to be uh, more daily hard work, 10, 20 people at a time, and it's you're going to notice it. Change happens one person at a time. No, I, I, I appreciate that. We're looking for these big wholesale, like we wake up tomorrow and it's different. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was Jim that said, you know, we're 10 years late to a 20-year plan. You know, and like there's like that. He's like, I don't want to be pessimistic. Jim's very positive. But he said, like, that's kind of the reality of what we're under. So it's going to feel like we want this big change, but it's going to take time. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the we have a pitch deck for the investors that we're talking to about uh, the Platform Innovation Center. Um, and it basically says the you know the best time to build this was 20 years ago. Yeah, the, the tree, the tree. I love that one. Yeah. Today, yeah. So let's get on it. Uh, but let's not dwell over the hole that we haven't dug. Let's just start digging. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it you know. It, uh, no, I appreciate. It. I really like what the context you put today of like, okay, let's lay out all the criteria that has been essentially measured and looked at, you know, on a global scale of what is required to create an innovative ecosystem or create yeah. an ecosystem that you know, back to our original, like that's set up for transformation. It feels like we've got a lot of those boxes checked more yeah. than I've realized before my conversation with you today. Well, one of the, if you go when you go to startup genome, the other thing you'll notice is that we're a top fifteen global ecosystem and clean tech. That's like highly exportable. But yet we've been branded by certain groups around the world as dirty, as a dirty yeah. economy. Like, yeah. Again, yeah. but we were poor at defending our own voice there. It's very frustrating. Mm. You know, it's the, the, the idea that, um, I remember when the ducks were, uh, yes, we had the duck issue. Up yes. Fort McMurray. If and, you lived here at that time, we all remember that. And, yeah. you know, looking at people from around the country, throwing stones at us. And it's like, it's really easy to throw stones at Alberta from other places. The fact is that the best people in the world are in this province working on those challenges. This isn't a place that takes that lightly. It actually is a place that has the the long-term perspective about what we're doing and how that industry needs to adapt at the core. And, you know, I've met people with 
that could work anywhere in the world, PhDs in chemistry, uh, that have chosen Calgary because they get to crack one of the most difficult global challenges, which is a sustainable energy supply. I mean, like what you said earlier about people who want to put a dent, the yeah. opportunity to actually put a dent here was very real. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, the city can be frustrating sometimes, but if you look as, at it as can, way, as can anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, but wow, what an opportunity. Like, we can solve the world sustainable energy problem in Calgary, Alberta. We can solve global, uh, you know, feeding the world problems in Calgary, Alberta. We can. And, and if you're keen on doing that, no matter where you are in the world, like you'll be welcomed here. Uh, yeah. Arguably, I was like, I'm going to send out the invite, like, come on yeah, over. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so if we'll go know, to Toolshed and have a beer and talk about it, yes. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was uh, if I go back to my, one of the great things that, that Graham brings it's this, uh, it all relates. Um, so I'll, I'll make a connection, but I'm sitting there going, okay, uh, we got to create, we, we need a movement of people that understand that we've got great craft beer here. And at the time there were 27, when I first started, there were 27 breweries. And it's 120 plus now, I think, isn't there? Yeah. And Graham's banging the drum on Alberta Barley. And we look into that and it turns out, uh, we have the Alberta beer brand now is all the best. Alberta beer, all the best, all the best ingredients. Like people come from around the world. He tells that story incredibly well. Yeah. To, but it's not a story. It's true. It's true. It's, he just put it into to a narrative. Yeah, they, but they actually like I, I was at a, an event with people from Japan who were here to buy barley specifically to get our resource and meet people that, that build it. Lagunitas comes here to get, get the barley from fifteen farms that goes into every Lagunitas IPA that they make. Okay, well, not people don't know that, no, they and they're don't. not like when they drink a, a beer, they're not you know thinking about that, and so. It, you know, Graham was great at that. And so, but building a movement where actually I think people are starting to know it now because we go yes. into every tap room, they're telling that story. We also have the best water for making ales. Like they, people don't have to, don't need to treat the water here because it's just perfectly balanced for that because of mountain water. Why does, why does the barley, why do we have the best barley? Because we have this amazing uh, climate that is hot in the day and cool in the night. And so that creates, and, and there's soil that, delivers that what a great story to tell and then all and all the, the ingredients people, were there all along <laughs> they were there yes and we didn't unlock the industry we had rules that prevented it from flourishing when we took those things away it just took off because of the people and so we also have all the best people so I think that's an interesting point. Sometimes you do have to take the shackles off. You need to yeah. let, you know, let it run free a little bit and yeah. give people that opportunity to yeah. succeed and or fail. But if you long it, you know, you keep it suppressed, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's it's. I, I like what you guys talked about with platform and how you're bringing together all these different groups because this is again why we did this podcast, why we call it, why we're going to call it collisions, YYC. Right. Because if you don't bang all these people together and ideas and different groups and and different perspectives on yeah. things, you're just going to stay in the same track that you're in. You can't see the label when you're inside the bottle. Something we always joke here yeah. at, at the agency. Yeah, and yeah. That's nothing more true than what you just talked about today because yeah. you get so in. You, we get so we really buy into our own bottle sometimes. Yes, and uh, so I'm, for example. Uh, I was on the board of the Sled Island Music and Arts Festival for okay. oh, right on. quite a few years. Uh, we sponsored a, a show this year and tried to bring the tech and music scenes together. So my hist- like my career in Calgary is is government, arts and culture, politics, beer, and now tech. And uh, and I'm seeing the need to make these connections because you know we're gonna my team's gonna go to the Folk Fest and we're gonna run into people that aren't tech people and we're going to tell them the story the same story about alberta barley except it's about the entrepreneur that has developed you know a new technology to make pipelines way more efficient safer cleaner more efficient, yeah which is going to resonate with that group like totally. should resonate with everyone yeah yeah but it's happening here it's people that are banging the drum every day uh to to make this kind of change happen and, and we are now equipped with these stories of these people that are doing it um and, uh, and, and, and the, oppor- and the opportunity to share them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting outside of our bubble, uh, creating a space that the public feels that it owns, that's really important to us. 
Um, You're absolutely right. You, you, the, what you feel as a, as a, as a human, when you've got ownership on mm. something, you can, like, we always joke here in the business, you're doing creative and you're working with clients. If they don't see their own fingerprints on it, they're never as connected. Right. Ever. Mm. When we did the groundbreaking for the innovation center, uh, we actually had, uh, everyone bring their own shovel. Oh, nice. And so we had a like, good old you know, B- BYOS 40, party. <laughs> yeah. 40 people or so all had a shovel that were part of digging the first dirt in the space versus the one golden ivory tower shovel yep. that you see in all those old photos. That's a yep. great way to shift that. Yeah. Take something that's old and say, Hey, you know what? Here's a new twist on it. And that's, you know, that actually comes out of the rainforest ethos, um, that, uh, it's going to be messy. It's, uh, but you're going to, you're going to get some mud on your shovel. Yeah. <laughs> that's if we're okay. all digging together, it'll go faster. Yeah. Terry, I really yeah. appreciate the perspective, say from, you know, the, the series of, 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 Markers that you laid out for us, which I think yeah. is the, that that's a really nice to pull those together as well as what's happening at platform. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach out? How would they get in touch with you directly? Or you said you could go to platform their website, but how yeah. how could they reach out to you? Um, I make it I on my LinkedIn profile. I actually have a way to connect with me. Oh, fantastic! Uh, Great, make good it for you. Wide open. Um, sometimes it's tough to arrange those coffees, but I yeah. but I do my best and. Uh, um, so yeah, and yeah, I, my, so one of my jokes is if you can't find me online, then I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, so, so it's like you have to be this high to ride exactly, the ride, right? Exactly. No, no, yeah, yeah. I, I like a little bit of a, of a screening criteria. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, I'm no, a, I'm, I'm on Twitter. We're all private investigators yeah. today, and the answers yeah. are usually more than a couple of clicks away. Yeah, yeah. Terry, it was fantastic yeah. having you on the show. I appreciate Thanks. the candor, the transparency, mm-hmm. and I look forward to, I feel a part two is coming as platform continues to evolve. Uh, we, well, I would love to have uh, the opportunity to tell the story and, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll have a podcast studio on site and uh, I was, Collisions you, podcast. I was be. already thinking about on location. <laughs> yeah, actually, my mind is spinning. I see future, conver- I see lots of future endeavors uh, in, our, in our future. You bet. Well, that, maybe over a beer too. Uh, so, yeah, well, we'll, we'll maybe, we'll, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll send pictures to Graham and let him know okay, what we're talking about. Perfect. He'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Cheers. <laughs>